In the United States, most people get health insurance from their job, but most publishers don't offer authors a health plan, and indie authors are definitely on their own. So what does a professional author do to cover health care? It's a lot easier and cheaper than you might think. So what do you do? We'll find out on this episode of The Christian Publishing Show, the podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using excellent writing. And the short answer to this question is something called Christian health sharing. This is a practice that goes back at least 80 years. Why is it so old? Well, because some Christians have theological problems with insurance. Certain denominations don't like insurance. And, and before you say that they're crazy, let me share with you the passages that they use to defend this position. Proverbs eleven fifteen says, There is danger in putting up surety for a stranger's debt. It is safer not to guarantee another person's debt. In Proverbs 17, 18, it says, It's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for a friend. I think the King James uses the word surety in these passages. And so some Christians see insurance as being surety for your neighbor, and they see asking a company to do it on their behalf as effectively asking a company to sin on their behalf, and that makes them feel uncomfortable. So, they started creating alternatives back around the time that insurance took off. And those early efforts were based off of the passage in Galatians 6-2, where the Apostle Paul tells us to share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. So, how they made this work was that they would donate money on a monthly basis, and then that pool of money would be used to help offset medical costs. And the program handles the logistics of sharing each other's burdens without anyone becoming surety for anyone else. And members are only required to donate the specified amount each month. But where did health insurance come from, right? So, it hasn't existed forever. It's a relatively new invention. And like many things in modern life, it's actually Hitler's fault. <laughs> you see, Hitler started a war in Europe that eventually we, the United States, got pulled into. And we entered this war coming out of a depression. So we were really poor and we couldn't afford to fight a war. So to help fund the war, the American government enacted wage and price controls. It became illegal to give some employees raises and it became illegal to raise prices. Americans suddenly had ration cards for things like sugar and gas. I remember my grandmother telling a story of buying lemon drops, which were not rationed, and they would crush those lemon drops and use them to sweeten their tea since sugar was rationed so severely. So factory owners who needed more employees could not raise wages in order to attract those additional employees. So they had to find creative ways to get around the wage controls set by the federal government. And one of the loopholes that they found was to offer fringe benefits like health insurance. So if you've ever wondered where health insurance came from, it was a response to the wage and price controls that were enacted during World War II. Then after the war, the wage and price controls went away, but the fringe benefits remained. In fact, more and more companies started offering health insurance in order to remain competitive. And throughout the next decades, these benefit programs started to get tax advantages, making them even more popular. Employers are taxed when they pay employees. It's actually one of the biggest taxes you can trigger is paying your own employees. But they pay less tax or even no tax at all on money spent on health insurance. 
it gets complicated, but, and I'm not meaning to summarize all the details, but in general, there was a big financial incentive for big corporations to pay for health insurance. But there's a problem with health insurance. And that problem is something that economists refer to as the third party payer problem. This is a well-documented economic phenomenon. So normally, when you buy something, you're spending your own money and you want to get the best bang for your buck. And so you're making rational decisions based off of maximizing your return and minimizing what you're spending. But when you're spending someone else's money, suddenly you stop caring about cost or even need. And the result is a massive inflation in the cost of healthcare, where people are buying healthcare that they don't need, which creates a greater demand for healthcare, which causes the cost of healthcare to go way up. So, for example, a typical visit to the doctor in 1967 cost $5. <laughs> you walked in, you saw the doctor, you got your treatment, you gave a $5 bill to the person at the front desk and you left and you were done paying money <laughs> because you were the customer. And so I was like, what were some of those old historic prices for healthcare? And I found an old report from the Social Security Administration from 1967 complaining about or noting in very stern language, how prices had gone up. And so it had some prices for me to see what the prices had gone up to. And what I found was that if you spent 21 days in the hospital with a heart attack, so you had a heart attack and you went to the hospital and you had 21 days worth of medical procedures, the cost of that hospital stay was $110, which was a big jump from just a few years before. Now, if we take $110 and we run it through a consumer price index inflation calculator, it comes out to $1,011 in 2023 money. Now, if you had a heart attack today and spent 21 days in the hospital, it would not cost you $1,000. <laughs> no. Why? Because of the third-party payer problem. Today, a 21-day hospital stay would cost as much as a car maybe even a house. <laughs> this is why healthcare costs are the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States and potentially the thing that will financially ruin Western civilization. It's an existential threat, and not just for us as individuals, but for society as a whole, because of this just core economic flaw. In the United States, 19.7% of US GDP now goes to medical expenses. That's one in five dollars spent on medical care. And that's one in five of all dollars made by all people and all companies in the country. One in five goes to medical expenses. So we have this problem caused by too many people using insurance companies as third-party payers. And it uh, kind of breaks pricing as a, a signal for supply and demand. So what is the solution? Well, in 2010, Congress passed and the president signed the Affordable Care Act. So this new law required everyone to get health insurance or pay a fine. So if having a third-party payer is the problem, perhaps it will be less of a problem if we all do it together. <sighs> if we understood our history better, we could create better solutions for the future. But we don't know our own history. Now, interestingly, the Affordable Care Act specifically carved out the health care sharing plans, you know, those plans that went back some to the 90s, some to the 80s, and some to the 1940s. Those were considered eligible to exclude you from getting the penalty. So for Christians who are a member of a Christian health sharing plan, they didn't have to pay the penalty for not having Obamacare. 
And this caused those otherwise little-known programs, they were chugging away, they were popular, but they weren't super popular, but suddenly they became very popular <laughs> because Christians didn't want to pay the fee, and so they looked for an inexpensive alternative, and one of the Christian health sharing plans became that inexpensive alternative. And these programs that worked well for decades with a few people are now working even better as more people are participating. So with all of that historical context out of the way, what is Christian health sharing and how does it work? Well, there's three big Christian health sharing programs out there, and they each work a little bit differently. Now, these aren't the oldest programs, but they're the ones that have the greatest number of members. And I will say some of the oldest programs are actually run by specific denominations, and they're not open to Christians outside of that denomination. But the ones that have general Christian membership that are well-known as Samaritan Ministries, Christian Healthcare Ministries, also known as CHM, and MediShare. There's two others that I'm less familiar with called Liberty Health Share and Altrua, but I'm not going to be talking about those. So for full disclosure, I use Christian Healthcare Ministries. I've used them for years and years, and I have an affiliate link with them. So after I talk about the different ones, if you want to sign up for them, if you use my affiliate link, it will help support this podcast or help support my family, I'll say. And my parents, I think my in-laws too, use Samaritan Ministries. You know, Samaritan Ministries is very popular in my town amongst Christians here. And I also have a lot of extended family who use MediShare. So I've done research for this episode, but also I know people who've used these different plans. And I'll run you through a summary of each one and talk about my experience with Christian Healthcare Ministries. But first, let me talk about what these three programs have in common. All three organizations are limited to practicing Christians, which is an important distinction. These are not believing Christians. These are practicing Christians. So details vary a little bit between the organizations, but in general, it means no illegal drugs, no tobacco, no sexual immorality, and regularly attending a church as your health permits. In fact, I seem to remember when I applied to CHM, they asked for my church website and the email of a pastor to verify that it was a real churchgoer <laughs> at that church. So this isn't just for people who check a box on a census saying that they're a Christian. You have to actually be a practicing Christian in order to be eligible for these big three. I will say a Liberty Health Share and Altrua are less particular about being a practicing Christian. They're a little bit more open. And I'll have links to all five of these in the show notes for an episode. And another thing that the big three have in common is that they won't cover things like abortions or gender change surgeries. And this is actually another reason why some Christians choose to go with a health sharing ministry rather than with an insurance provider. Because the big insurance providers, as far as I know, all provide abortions or gender change surgeries. They may not offer it in every plan, but money is fungible, right? Once you put money into an account, it all is mixed together. And so even if your plan doesn't offer it, your money is funding things that you may find morally reprehensible. Whereas if you are sending your money to a Christian health sharing ministry, you know that it's not going to fund things that you find morally reprehensible. So let's talk about the three, and we'll start with Samaritan. So the cost of Samaritan is between $105 and $437 a month. So it's the cheapest of the three, and it's the most old school of the three. So how it works is each month, Samaritan sends you the name and address of a fellow believer who has a medical need that they've approved, and also often a prayer request from that fellow believer. And so you write a check to that person. So you just write John Doe on the check and you put it in an envelope and some people put in a note saying, hey, I'm praying for you and they mail it to them. <laughs> in some cases, they use PayPal. 
but uh, you're encouraged to pray for that individual person. So the sharing is peer to peer. And if you have a medical need, you submit it to Samaritan. And once they prove that it's a legitimate medical need, and they have some ways of doing that, the checks from other believers start flowing into you. And I can only imagine how encouraging it must be while you're recovering from some medical operation or some illness to have checks and prayers coming in from Christians around the country. So, Samaritan works prayer into the process in the best way of the three, I will say. So, you're not required to pray for the person that you're writing a check for, but the act of writing the check forces you to think about that individual person that your money is going towards. The downside, though, of this method is that if your financial need is great, you may be dealing with dozens or hundreds of checks. You just get carpet bombed with checks, and it becomes a bit of a project because the checks individually aren't necessarily very big, right? So, $37 here. $50 there. And so if you have $10,000 worth of medical expenses, that's a lot of checks to deposit and to account for. I know one person who had a lot of medical expenses and dealing with the flood of checks from Samaritan became almost a part-time job. That said, it's hard to complain about hundreds of checks and prayers coming in from Christians around the country. (laughs) Samaritan has a reputation for being the most open of the three to functional medicine, like chiropractic and homeopathy. Well, MediShare and CHM are not as open to functional medicine. But I'm happy to say that all three now support midwives, which is an encouraging development. (laughs) Midwives have really good health outcomes. If you look at the medical research, they're surprisingly effective. My friends and family that have Samaritan are all happy with it. I don't know any of them who are complaining. And some really like praying for the fellow believers as they write each month's check. And they also like that it's the least expensive option. For me, the writing and mailing of a check was a deal breaker because I'm not good with paper. I'm not good with writing. I'm not that organized. I needed something that I could set up automatic payments (laughs) from my credit card. And so I didn't go with Samaritan primarily for that reason. I needed something that was logistically simpler without the dozens and dozens of checks. So the next one is MediShare. Of the three, MediShare is the most like traditional insurance with provider networks, acronyms, and lots of levels and options. Of the three, I found MediShare's website to be the most complicated and their offerings to be the most complex. And the pricing is a lot more complicated because there's like one price for healthy people and one price for unhealthy people. And so if you're healthy, you get a discount. And if you're unhealthy, you don't. I think MediShare pays providers directly rather than reimbursing you for you paying those providers, but I'm not sure about that. And I uh, know some of you listening use MediShare, so feel free to share your experiences in the comments on this episode, christianpublishingshow.com. In fact, if you've experienced any of these, good or bad, feel free to share your experiences uh, with other authors. I think that'd be really helpful. I will say with about MediShare, my friends and family who use it are very happy with it. They're the most expensive of the three, so they're between $125 a month and $1,035 a month. In that variety, you'll notice each one of these ranges quite a bit. It's based off of how old you are, at least at MediShare, what level of coverage you have, and how many family members you have. All right, so now let's talk about Christian healthcare ministries. CHM ranges from $90 a month to $705 a month. Of the three, Christian Healthcare Ministries has the most generic name. It's so generic, I can never remember it. So I just call it CHM. My wife just calls it CHM, and I find themselves calling themselves CHM because Christian Healthcare Ministries is such a generic name. Paying 
is a lot easier than with Samaritan. We just set up automatic payments with our credit card and our account gets charged once a month. That said, you know, while they send me a prayer letter of like, hey, here's some people to pray for, I'm much less likely to open that letter and pray for those people because I'm not writing a check. <laughs> so prayer is not as integrated into the experience. It's more like insurance, but not as much like insurance as MediShare. In terms of pricing, CHM's pretty simple. They have three levels, gold, silver, and bronze. And the better the metal, the lower your deductible, although they call it personal responsibility. And I think the Affordable Care Act forbade these healthcare ministries from using any of the language that insurance companies use. <laughs> so they can't use phrases like deductible. They have to use some other phrase, but it functions very much like a deductible. So the better your metal, the lower your deductible and the higher your monthly payment. They also have what they call units for how big your family is. So when I was young and single, I was one unit. Back then, I was also bronze because I was a young man and invincible. And I never went to the doctor and I knew I'd never get hurt. (laughs) Ah, youth. So then I got married and we became two units. And I also upgraded from bronze to gold because we might get pregnant. And wouldn't you know it, we did get pregnant. After nine months, we became three units. Now, here's what I like about CHM. All of my children share a unit together. So now that we're a family of five, we have three children, we're still only three units in terms of CHM. And even if we have more children in the future, our monthly payment to CHM won't go up. So you're not penalized for having a big family, which I really appreciate. And I will say, you know, we've had three babies with CHM. So we've had some experience, not just paying the monthly fee, but also getting reimbursed for medical costs. Uh, Two of our pregnancies were uncomplicated pregnancies. They cost about $25,000 each. That's a ballpark. (laughs) And CHM covered all but about $1,000 of that uh, for each baby. So CHM covered about $24,000 for each pregnancy. If you're on the gold which they recommend if you think you're going to get pregnant, the personal responsibility is only $1,000. Now, we'll say one of our babies went to the NICU, which was just the worst. Oh, my heart goes out to any parent who's in the NICU because I've been there and it is just the worst. But it was a relief to know that the NICU costs would be covered by CHM, and they were. And I'm really thankful for that. In fact, afterwards, someone from CHM called us to check on us and and congratulate and and pray for us. I really felt loved (laughs) that they reached out. Because, gosh, NICU, man, it's it's rough. And the process looked like this. So, you know, my wife would go in for medical services. You meet the doctor quite a bit as a pregnant woman. And we would tell the provider that we were self-pay. And typically, when you tell a doctor that you're self-pay, you get a big discount or an immediate discount. And then we would then pay the bill and then submit the receipt for reimbursement. So, with Christian healthcare sharing, you're not being charity for each other. So we, it really is self-pay, right? We are responsible for paying that money. We are the customer, but we're sharing each other's burdens. And so CHM would then issue us a check, typically about six months later, sometimes faster, sometimes slower. And there was one big bill that we couldn't pay, and we were able to submit it uh, to them directly, and they were able to uh, pay it directly. And, and so we weren't reimbursed, we didn't pay. But in general, we would pay the money Uh, ourselves. The one hassle is that for a receipt to be eligible for reimbursement, it has to have a CPT code. 
And while this is annoying, I've learned that there's a reason why CHM requires a CPT code, and I suspect the other two require this as well. And the reason is, is that hospitals will overcharge you for phantom services that you did not receive <laughs> or that did not exist or that aren't even real. And so when you ask for the CPT codes for each item on the receipt, suddenly the bill will often magically be reduced. <laughs> and I, I found that the more squirrely the hospital or medical provider is about providing a CPT code, the more shenanigans they're up to. There's a lot of shenanigans in healthcare. Everyone's hands are in everyone else's pockets. Nobody's spending their own money, and it's really, really broken. I will say CHM has a patient advocate team to help navigate the bureaucracy, but we've never needed to use it. And I find myself very motivated to fight for discounts, knowing that my fellow believers are sharing my burdens. I also find that physicians and other medical professionals treat me differently when I'm the customer. When I tell them that I'm self-pay, suddenly they start saying what I actually need. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the phrase, oh, you're self-pay, you don't really need this. Or don't get this test until this other test has already been negative. You don't need to get this test yet. And they give me much different service and they don't oversell me on a bunch of medical care I don't need. And that actually increases my medical outcomes because the more time you spend in a hospital, the more medical services you buy, the more likely you are to experience a medical mistake, which is, I think, the third leading cause of death, right? Like the more time you spend in a hospital, the more time something bad can happen, not from malice, but just from an accident or all the worst viruses, <laughs> all of the antibiotic resistant bacteria. Where are they hanging out? They're hanging out at hospitals. So you don't want to buy more than you need. And so it's really good to be self-pay in that regard. And the other thing that I found is that when you're self-pay, you pay a lot less than somebody who's got traditional insurance and is paying off a deductible. So last week I needed to get some blood work done and I told the doctor I'm self-pay. So he wrote a note on the lab order saying to run discounts on each of the tests for the lab, which was a different company. <laughs> but they saw that, they saw his note, and so the lady sat there to see if there was a self-pay discount on each CPT code's test. And they ended up dropping the price by 70%. <laughs> they were going to take $3,000 of the blood out of me, and they only ended up taking $600 worth of blood out of me. So they cut the cost by $2,400. And if I had traditional insurance with a high deductible, I would have had to pay that whole $3,000 bill, which would have been a lot more expensive. So since Christian health sharing is not insurance, it helps solve that third-party payer problem. And part of the reason is that since I have to wait to be reimbursed, and since I know that it's my fellow believers who are sharing my burdens, I start acting like the customer. I start trying to get the best deal rather than acting like a football player trying to eat as much as possible at the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> CHM coverage is on a per-illness basis. So I had a surgery a few years ago, and there were some complications after that surgery that landed me in urgent care with blood coming out of my eyes. It was, it was not good. But 100% of the cost of that urgent care visit was covered by CHM because it was a part of the illness that had led to the surgery. <laughs> and so I'd already used all of my personal responsibility or my quote-unquote deductible on the surgery itself. And I will say, my wife drove me to urgent care rather than to the ER, partly because we wanted to be less of a burden to other Christians, right? It's cheaper to go to urgent care. And also it was closer and she was freaking out. <laughs> so uh, we had a combination of motivations. I don't know if we were so noble as to drive past an ER to an urgent care. <laughs> 
Finally, another thing CHM offers that I really like is they have a free teledoc telemedicine service. So we can schedule a telemedicine call with a physician at no additional cost. And this is invaluable for parents with small children who spend their every waking minute looking for innovative ways of getting hurt. (laughs) And it's hard to tell as a panicking parent if this is a minor boo-boo or something more. And so being able to get a physician on the phone or on the teledoc version of Zoom so that doctor can look at the boo-boo and say it's going to be okay is really helpful and saves CHM money. It saves us money. And it's highly efficient. I, I love telemedicine. And I will say all of the services offer telemedicine because it's a very inexpensive thing to offer for these programs and it saves them a lot of money and it's a very appealing feature. So here's my advice. And I prefer this category of Christian health sharing, one of the three or even the other two that I didn't talk about as much. I prefer these to traditional health insurance. So depending on which of these three you go with, you're likely going to save hundreds of dollars compared to a competing program from healthcare.gov. And depending on what level you get, if you're a single person using CHM, it's $90 a month, right? It's not a lot of money for the health insurance. But what I recommend you do is do the research. Go to healthcare.gov, find the kind of closest comparable healthcare.gov plan for you. So let's say it's $90 through CHM, but it's $800 through healthcare.gov. And what I recommend is that you set aside all $800. So you pay your 90 bucks to CHM and then $710, you put that in a savings account. And that savings account just sits there and that way it can act as a buffer while you're waiting to get reimbursed. Because it does take some time to get reimbursed and you want to be able to have that money on hand. And the money can be earning interest. (laughs) It's good to have money in savings Right. This is the same advice your grandma would give you. (laughs) Put some money in savings, uh, live below your means. And with this strategy, you're actually spending less money overall because you get to keep that money. And some of it will get reimbursed from your fellow believers as you're sharing each other's burdens. I've been a member of Christian Healthcare Ministry since 2016. I've been very happy this whole time. But I will say I have not heard a single Christian complaining about any of these programs. And it's interesting because they don't guarantee that they'll help you, right? Because it's not insurance. They're not being surety, right? They don't guarantee that they're going to help your burdens. But what they can say is, we've been sharing burdens as believers for decades, and we've covered all the expenses. All of the eligible expenses have been covered. And so look at our track record of success. Look, in this model, came from Jesus, right? (laughs) Christian healthcare ministries, Samaritan ministries didn't invent Christians sharing each other's burdens. This goes back to Galatians (laughs) and and it's, it works. This works. And I really do encourage you to check it out. Don't let the fear of losing your health insurance keep you from becoming a professional author. If that's the one thing getting in your way, sign up for one of these programs. They're all excellent. If you do sign up for Christian Healthcare Ministries, I do ask that you use my affiliate link. If you want, right, you can go to their website directly. But if you click the link in the blog post, christianpublishingshow.com, it won't cost you any extra and it will help out this podcast and it will help out my family. Our featured patron today is Deborah Rainey, author of Bridges. Tess Everett's life is thrown into a tailspin with the arrival of J.W. McRae, a former resident of Winterset, Iowa, and the ex-husband of Tess's late friend. Sparks fly as Tess and J.W. clash over his past abandonment of his son, Wynn, whom Tess and her late husband, Dan, took under their wings. 
Tess must face the struggles of an empty nest for the first time in three years while navigating the resurfacing of J.W. and the consequences of his return. If you enjoyed The Bridges of Madison County, you'll also love the story of heartache, redemption, and the power of love. Deborah Rainey, thank you so much for being a patron of The Christian Publishing Show. Thank you for your support, helping keep this podcast on the air. We could not do it without you. The Christian Publishing Show is a production of Author Media. This episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt. The blog post is by Shauna Lettler. You can find that blog version as well as links to everything I talked about today at christianpublishingshow.com slash 144. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.